Okay, let's get a little zesty here. It's a good day for singing a song. It's a good day for rolling along. It's a good day from morning till night. It's a. This is a good day to uh, to perform a, mo- a memorial. It's a good day to perform. Every day is a good day for a memorial because somewhere in the world, someone has departed, and uh, some people are more well known, uh, and we hear about these departures. Well, we've been getting these departures hot and heavy since the beginning of this year. by the music of the 60s. Uh, We have lost another great Mr. Gary Brooker, who was the lead singer of Pro Called Harem. Yes, skipped the light fandango. You hear that opening line and you know immediately where you are. Uh, As many people say, I don't know what this song is about. But so much ink has been spilled over analysis of this song. We'll go into it a little later. The song is A Whiter Shade of Pale from 1967 on the Durham label. It made to number one in the UK, number five in the USA. And the B-side was Lime Street Blues. In 2009, it was reported that this was the most played song in the last 75 years in public places in the United Kingdom. Amazing. So that means that this song has been played more in public than any Beatles song, any Rolling Stones song, any song of the groups that you think had sold millions and millions of uh, copies. This had uh, become an anthem for so many people, even though they would state emphatically, I don't know what it's about. I don't care what it's about. And ultimately, uh, it's all the theater of the imagination and whatever background you have on the writing. So let's, let's just talk a little bit about Gary Brooker. Gary Brooker began with a group called the Paramounts back in 1966 and uh, went on to form... Procol Harab with Matthew Fisher and Robin Trower. And uh, that triumvirate were basically the, uh, the heart and soul of what gave us that first Procol Harum album, which included Whiter Shade of Pale and a number of other songs that uh, are, are fascinating, uh, if not downright disturbing. Maybe due to the fact that the lyricist of all Procol Harum songs was a gentleman named Keith Reed. Uh, 
who was uh, Jewish and grew up in London and was the son of a Holocaust survivor. And uh, his work is informed by the Holocaust, and he has stated that uh, that event pretty much channeled his art. Uh, yeah, there's a darkness to this song, and, you know, it came out in 67, in the summer of love, before Sgt. Pepper, and it, it captured the generation's imagination, and as I said before, there was so much ink spilled about what this song means and what the interpretations are, and, um, you know, you, you read all these conflicting uh, analyses, so you, you go to, directly to Keith Reed, and he will say, well, he, he overheard the phrase, whiter shade of pale at a party he was at. He wanted to conjure a mood. He wanted to paint a Salvador Dali painting using words. And, um, and so it's, as one person said, it's kind of a, a psychedelic kaleidoscope of fragments but it has a unified mood of disaffection, confusion that um, belies the, the, the love bomb of the summer of love. Well, I think what, what we have here is the perfect combination of artists to translate the work uh, that each other does. I don't think any other vocalist could have translated Keith Reed as Gary Brooker did. Just as I do. No, absolutely not. Uh, what an iconic voice. Similarly, but it's interesting that Matthew Fisher, the organist, in 2009 went to court for royalties. And once again, controversy. So Gary Brooker says he wrote the melody based on a Bach air on a G-string, but Fisher says, no, it was Bach, but it was Sleepers Awake, and a combination of Sleepers Awake and the Teddy Bears, to know him is to love him. And the court awarded uh, him the settlement, and Brooker said it cost him over a million pounds in legal fees. Yeah, I mean, we weren't in the studio when that record was being made. They had no drummer. Um, it was done in two takes, so we can only uh, we can only imagine what went on in in trying to capture this this recording. Um, Denny Cordell's production, you have that as a part of it, and I'm yes, not Gary Brooker's voice is indelible, but so is the organ. Well, yes. So is the organ, but we've heard the song played uh, so many times, and you can emulate the organ, but you cannot em emulate Gary Brooker's voice. Similarly, there are translators. Uh, the only other translator of that era that I think did a similar job were brothers. Uh, Robin Gibb being able to translate his brother Barry's work in songs like Holiday or World. Ooh, you're a holiday 
such a holiday. Ooh, you're a holiday. Such a holiday. It's something I think's worthwhile. If the puppet makes you smile. If not, then you're throwing stones, throwing stones, throwing stones. Oh, it's a funny game. Or and the sun will shine are similar in nature. Because well, and, and you certainly Elton John and Bernie Taupin. Yeah, but if we're going to assess the poetic surrealism and the nature of how that, how those conversations uh, conducted themselves, the conversations about the work and the translation of Elton John's vocals to Bernie Taupin's lyrics are much different. There's a big difference between Crocodile Rock and uh, I Started a Joke. That's the point. Well, you know, I'm I mean, uh, you could quibble about that, but I mean, oh, I don't think it's a quibble. The discography of Elton John is. Oh, I'm not. I'm not debating. The, I'm talking about the historical. Relevance. As we documented with Tumbleweed Connection, not too long ago. I'm talking about this exact time frame when these yes, recordings were being released. They're later. They are later. So what I'm yes. discussing is the aroma of poetry that Dylan brought into the the mix uh, commercially the allowance of radio to play songs like Positively 4th Street like Rolling Stone Rainy Day Women yeah. this altered this altered everything whatever Elton and so many other singers and their uh, songwriting companions did later on uh, I think is of another uh Evolution and does not. Yeah, well, they they have to tip their hat to um, uh, to Reed and Brooker certainly, because as you say, um, Keith Reed gave Gary Brooker voice, gave him the words. So Brooker comes out of a group called the Paramounts and he forms uh, Pro Call Harem. And uh, once you have the differences that Robin Trower, who was the electric accent to the group, the screaming, Great guitar player. screaming electric accent to the counter, it's the counterpoint to Brooker's regal vocal manifestations. Um, there's a lot going on there. And a lot going on. And do, do, you, do you know where the the name of the group came from? Bill, where did the name of the group come from? <laughs> well, yet another another controversy. So I had to, you know, keep kind of digging in. But it was Keith Reed once again who supplied the answer. But first, some the New York Times wrote that um, Pro Call Harem's fractured Latin for quote beyond these things. Uh, but Keith Reed said, no, no, it's the name of a cat. It's the pedigree of a cat, a Burmese cat. Well, it fits perfectly with the imagery and the uh, mystery of the, uh, the, the, the very fine-tuned images that are conducted. And that album cover 
that oh, very yes. first album Myth- cover. Yes, very, very mysterious. Recites the same uh, type of I mystery. I love that. Love that album cover as the name of the song, and of course the album cover to Salty Dog is brilliant. So you take mm-hmm. if you listen to Salty Dog, if you listen to Something's Following Me, if you're listening to, even when we're getting into. Uh, the reunion between Brooker and Reed with Prodigal Stranger uh, and a song like The Truth Won't Fade Away, which is much more grounded as they discuss the period of Whiter Shade of Pale. We're young, we're brave, we were true, we were strong. this tradition that the two of them always had in being able to understand each other and be able to somehow make us understand that as meaningless as this might seem to some, it is more meaningful than uh, most works that are precise in their understanding. If there yeah, is- that's, a, that's a great uh, uh, way of putting it. And, and this idea of you may not understand, this is sort of like Shakespeare, you know, you may not understand every word that's being spoken, but you understand uh, the deeper meanings. You can feel them. Well, if you go to our Dig This page and you uh, take a look at the performance of Wider Shade of Pale by Gary Brooker in Denmark in 2006 and read some of the comments um, this outpouring of uh, tribute has not been paid since the passing of John Prine. Uh, that really means something, uh, in my estimation, because I always considered Ryder Shade of Pale to be one of the most prolific and meaningful compositions that I've heard in my lifetime. I consider it a musical miracle. Um, and the type of work... Yeah, when you consider it comes down from 500 years. When it comes down from 500 years and then touches the hearts and the minds and the souls of a generation that's finding its way into this new music and the game is being changed by Procol Harum. The game is being changed by... And, and I'm, going to, I'm going to state this and I don't consider it daring whatsoever. What the Beatles started, groups like Procol Harum and writers like Barry and Robin Gibb took to another level that I think are as important in their way and will historically, it's not until we lose some of these people who are not in the public eye with any great frequency that we take a step back and we look at the whole diorama of where we came from musically and what influenced us. 
I can say I knew exactly where I was when I heard Rider Shade of Pale for the first time, just as it was where I was when I heard the uh, mining disaster from the Bee Gees. There are those moments, and you know, oops, something's happening here, and I do know what it is, Mr. Jones. Uh, so my heart is, is, is full with the treasures that Gary Brooker and Keith Reed gave us. Um, there's really not much more to be said. I mean, you, you can go no, on and on. I'll and let the music speak. Deconstruct and analyze, and it, it's, it's useless. It will touch the part of you that is human, and that is all we can She ask said there for. is no reason, and the truth is plain to see. And those playing cards, my friend, those playing that cards. That would not let her be. Ladies and gentlemen, pro call harem, a whiter shade of pale.
goes on we're fortunate to have I consider us quite fortunate and um, uh, quite fortunate to have grown up in a time when these elements were all coming together because you have to have lived during it and been paying attention to understand where what place music has in our lives and how it has transformed uh, over all these years. And these, some of these origins are still so incredibly uh, mind-blowing to me that they were even created to begin with. And that's why we do what we do. We want, we want to share that treasure. Yeah, and you know, look, everybody's got something that they cherish and that they adore. And uh, for us, I know that I know that music saved my life multiple times, and I know the words of Keith Reed certainly uh, touched a place in me as much as anything that was vocalized by, say, George Jones. There are just certain people 
who have a way of communicating and will get to you in a way that other people cannot, even your own family. So we're very fortunate for Whitey Shader Pale, very fortunate for the regal Gary Brooker. And uh, that song, having been played, this <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty funny when you consider that you've got all of these iconic British invasion bands, but Whiter Shade of Pale has been played more times than any song in the UK. And um, the number of awards that it's received uh, are, are meaningless because the thing stands unto it. It's like trying to describe Picasso, it, in my estimation at least. Um, you can I, I'd like to quote uh, this man named Harvey Kubernick, uh, which I, I enjoyed this quote. He said, the song galvanized a congregation of disaffected youth, dismissive of traditional religion, but anxious to achieve spiritual salvation. In 1977, this song was named joint winner along with Bohemian Rhapsody as the best British pop single between 1952 and 1977. In 98, it's in 98, it's inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. In 2004, uh, the Phonographic Performance Limited recognized it as the most played record by British Broadcasting. So that salty dog uh, will continue to sail uh, eternally. Thank you, Gary Brooker. Thank you, Bill Mesnick. Thank you, Keith Reed. Thank you, Matthew Fisher. Thank you, Denny Cordell. Thank you, Tommy James. Because where would we be, Bill, without Moni Moni, huh? Huh? You know? Huh? You have a way. You uh-huh. have a way, my friend. Well, yeah, I got a way, all right. And uh, we will see you uh, coming your way uh, with Captain Billy's uh, Magic 8-Ball. Captain Billy's got some, uh, got some interesting things to share with you. Badfinger, straight up, is uh, available right now on Dig This. And uh, the captain will share his insights into this remarkable recording. It's really a great album, straight up. And uh, I've got a finger for you. Got a fi- and we're heading into Donovan's Greatest Hits, baby. And very soon, we will be investigating the very imaginative and much more important album, Lust for Life, by Iggy Pop. Uh, Hot off the presses. 1977 recording that I think is quite underrated. And, of course, we will have... uh, We still need to put up the uh, Laird Krieger. You're going to hear about Mr. Laird Krieger. I'm kind of saving this like a delicacy. This is like caviar. I'm excited about Laird Krieger. I know. Well, from the moment you (laughs) mentioned (laughs) a couple of months ago, the Laird Uh, Krieger. Laird is part of our The Splendid Boho Goes To series where we nominate a character actor and... uh, give that character actor an award for having made the film that he or she is in much more significant than it may have been otherwise. And uh, Mr. Laird Krieger in I Wake Up Screaming, I think you will find this a revelation and probably urge you to 
subscribe to the Criterion channel so you can see more of these. Uh, I certainly recommend you do that. Yes, yes. An, an amazing compilation of motion picture fare. And so uh, there you have it, my friend. I just would be remiss if I did not wish all of our fellow human beings in Ukraine all the all of the Strength, magnificent courage and, and hope. I, I'm, I really don't even have the words to describe what this resistance is, uh, how it reminds me of the heart that I believe we once had. I in, think it's inspiring the world. I think this heralds perhaps a new age. In despite of its dangers and and what's going on with the madmen in the world, but I think that uh, there's a renewed sense of purpose coming out of the pandemic. And I think that it's in, remarkable that we attempt to deal with this in a manner that chastises a communist nation by implementing economic sanctions. It's like using monopoly money to uh, prevent a genocide. So anyway, my friends, we're going to skip the light fandango. And uh, we bless you and your families, and we hope that everybody is safe and sound. And Bill Mesnick and Rich Buckland, the splendid bohemians, shall return with another episode of the program whose name we did not mention once yet in this episode. Put, on, right? put on a stack of 45s. We got right into it. We well, get, good night, Mrs. Calabash. Yeah, right. wherever you are. Okay, bye-bye, baby. Bye.